and welcome to Prevent This, a podcast of your choice, where we cover everything substance abuse related from prevention to treatment to recovery and everything in between. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of a doctor or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding mental health, addiction, or substance abuse. Thank you so much for joining us today on Prevent This, a podcast of your choice. This is Katie here, and today we are going to share with you one of the webinar series we did called uh, Wisconsin's Approach to Underage Drinking Prevention Small Talks. So for this session, we had two presenters, Allison and Julia, and what they covered were the new underage drinking prevention campaign that was released by the state of Wisconsin called Small Talks. They went through this uh, campaign and talked about how it came to be, um, what parents and caregivers need to know, and most importantly of all, how to start the conversation about underage drinking. They covered brain science as it relates to young brains, different approaches to when and how to talk with kids in your life, and how your coalition or community group can build this effort to adopt evidence-based policies and practices. So our presenters were Allison Weber and Julia Sherman. And Allison Weber is a prevention coordinator at the Wisconsin Department of Health Services in Madison, Wisconsin, and she oversees the Substance Abuse Block Grant Prevention Set-Aside. She has been involved in substance misuse prevention activities for over 15 years in the beginning, um, beginning in the frontline provider area in Pennsylvania. She was also the Director of Community Relations and Development at a large Latino nonprofit in Pennsylvania for many years. Allison Weber has served on numerous boards of directors and coalitions, including the County Health Improvement Partnership and the local federally qualified health clinic. And then Julia Sherman, she coordinates the Wisconsin Alcohol Policy Project at the University of Wisconsin Law School. She began her work in alcohol policy in 2001 at the American Medical Association's Office of Alcohol and Other Drug Abuse in Chicago and went on to later serve as the National Field Director for the Center on Alcohol Marketing and Youth. In 2009, Sherman chaired the Alcohol Culture and Environment Workgroup in the Wisconsin State Council on Alcohol and Other Drug Abuse and authored its final report, Changing Wisconsin's Alcohol Environment to Promote Safe and Healthy Lives. In 2010, she became the first coordinator of the Wisconsin Alcohol Policy Project at the University of Wisconsin Law School. Please welcome up Julia and Allison. Good morning, everyone. It's still morning. Um, I'm Allison Weber. I'm a prevention coordinator with the Department of Health Services in Madison, and I oversee uh, a lot of things, a lot of grant funds. The substance abuse block grant for prevention is is in my um, job description. I'm also um, working on several uh, projects, and one of them is Small Talks, which is Wisconsin's new underage drinking prevention campaign. Um, Small Talks uh, began about two years ago, the process. So we um, at DHS, along with um, several community partners, including Julia Sherman, um, who's going to be the next speaker in this webinar, 
came together and took a look at what we had. If some of you in Wisconsin remember, there was a parents who host lose the most campaign. Um, and that was very effective and it ran for at least a decade and social host laws did actually change. So we decided that it was time to do something new in the midst of the opioid crisis pandemic. Um, we thought that we should probably keep paying attention to underage drinking because it is so important. Um, and it's a very unique culture in Wisconsin that uh, our drinking culture is quite different from other places in the country. And I've lived a few other places and I can attest to that. Uh, so we got together and we looked at other campaigns around the country to see if there was something that we could replicate or take something from a national perspective. And we actually decided that we really did need something for this unique culture in Wisconsin and connected with an ad agency after checking several out and contracted with them to start this process for us. So we went to a bunch of the con uh, conferences that were around that fall, including the Alcohol Policy Conference and our Mental Health Substance Abuse Conference that we have um, through DHS every year, and formed a few focus groups, talked to prevention people in the state, prevention professionals, and listened to what they had to say, and came up with small talks. Um, and small talks uh, takes into consideration our uh, unique culture. And here I'm sharing my screen quick to give you a little bit of background. And this is a document that anyone can have if they'd like it. So we're committed to reducing underage drinking in Wisconsin. And we took now uh, two years really to develop this program. So it's based on research um, and collaboration, as I said, with our, our prevention professionals in Wisconsin. and reading all the feedback, listening to our folks in the, in the state, we came up with small talks. And as I said about the culture of drinking here, it is really different. Um, it's very acceptable. It's kind of a rite of passage. Some people think that, you know, giving their kids the drink when they're uh, with their parents or at home is okay. Um, and we want to, to look at that and give people some information and background and actually some science too to help them understand why it is not uh, a good thing. So we know that parents and other caring adults in the, the lives of youth um, are very a very powerful influence on their choices and so we de developed this campaign to reflect that not only parents, but other adults that are important in kids' lives can be that person who has the small talk with um, youth or small talks. Because the idea is it's not just that one big intimidating uh, talk that parents and other caring adults uh, know they need to have, but kind of back off because it is so intimidating, when it really can be small conversations and five minutes here and there when you have that moment with your with your um, child. So that is the base of this uh, campaign. So it is a problem. It's not. It's getting better in Wisconsin, but it's still not at a at a rate that is acceptable for us. Um, so one of the things we also talk about, and I think this for me as a parent, 
um, is probably the most um, kind of chilling fact that we have is the the brain development of youth and I think people um, really need to know that and I think if people do know that um, it makes it much more important for them to do this. So our current perceptions kind of are um, that the attitudes and behaviors are instilled in youth that drinking is okay because it's so accepted here parents may think it's not harmful. Parents and other caregivers and what we'd like them to know is that underage drinking has real harmful health effects and is a problem that parents really want to talk about. Um, the current behavior is that parents don't know how to talk to their kids about underage drinking. And what we want to see is that parents frequently talk to their children about un underage drinking. And this is how we can help um, at the state by providing these um, helpful, helpful hints, I guess you could call it, to start conversations and actually give some, some background that parents can read and, and get their information to start doing this. So the objective of small talks is to create a public awareness, uh, create public awareness of the importance of talking to um, young children. And by young, we mean eight, eight years old, which a lot of people think, wow, that's, that's really young. I don't know if that's right, but it is right. And Julia can tell you too, that it, the research shows that this is the age that kids will understand. There are different ways that you talk to your children at the age of eight than you will at the age of 15, but it's still important to start at that, at that age. So we wanna normalize conversations about the danger of underage drinking. Um, and we have three target audiences, parents and caregivers of young children, eight to 12, and then teachers, coaches, and other mentors who have influence and, or interact with children on a regular basis, faith-based people, um, many different aunts, uncles, other people that um, have good relationships with young people. And then tertiary policymakers, and Julia will talk a lot more about that. So we have a campaign that has a suite of resources and I'm going to show you a few of them um, for parents and caregivers to increase awareness and to equip them with knowledge and hopefully get them to take action in talking to their kids. Um, so I will um, go through some of the things that are available to you and also uh, a few of the science and evidence-based uh, information that we have. We also have an evaluation. Um, we started and we distributed the pretest pretty much through the Alliance for Wisconsin Youth, Facebook and Twitter to gauge the attitudes of underage drinking. And we will have a post uh, campaign survey that will be developed and distributed through the same channel so we can check and see what, how we're doing. Um, and as I said before, the, the Department of Health Services has used substance abuse prevention and treatment block grant dollars to develop and implement and evaluate this campaign. So now I'm going to show you my other screen. All right. Small talk. This is the logo. Yep. Logo. Can you see? Yeah. Okay. Um, with this little conversation box, um, and it's very simple, but I like it a lot. I think it's effective. So, whoops. So here's an example of one of our posters. We have a number of different posters, and I want to also. Um, hey, Allison. Yes. We can't see your slides. You can't. Nope. Oh. 
How about now? Yep, perfect. Right on. Okay, so posters here. I'm going to go back up here and show you the bigger version of the logo. So the small talks with the little conversation box. Here we have one of the posters that is available to you on the website. So with a, the text is really quite simple. This one, relax, talk, listen, repeat. And it shows an adult with a child um, while they're maybe looking at an iPad or doing something like that, just having this short conversation. Learn to talk with kids about underage drinking. Um, what I was going to say was, um, one of the things that we paid special attention to with this campaign was having some uh, diversity in our images. So we have all different sorts of folks in these photos. And I really wanted to avoid that, um, you know, upper middle class white 2.5 children in a perfectly white clean kitchen, like you see on TV ads. So we really wanted to show and get some images showing folks that are in everyday situations, nothing luxurious, doing different activities with their children, people of diverse backgrounds. We all know that families are different these days. Some are one parent families, some are um, same sex marriages. There are all kinds of different families that we have in our state and we wanted to reflect that so we did not um, alienate anyone or anyone just took a look at a picture and says, oh, that's not me or that's not anyone I know. So we did um, spend a lot of time trying to um, reflect that in our images. So again, here's just one of the, the posters. There are probably seven or eight or nine different posters that you can find on our website and um, print. So Small Talks was developed to assist caregivers talking to their kids, especially those from 8 to 12. Again, 8 years old is an appropriate time to start talking to young people about underage drinking. On the website, you will find different age groups and different ways to start having these conversations and their different, and their different um, psychosocial development, what they are open to, what they are noticing and the ways that you can use that age group and, and talk to them in an appropriate way. They can happen, these small talks can happen anywhere, in the car, watching TV, playing video games, having a meal, um, lots of different um, opportunities. So this campaign officially launched in April. It was a little bit of a an issue because right before we were supposed to launch and we were waiting for the governor and to give us a proclamation, the whole COVID thing happened. So we were back and forth because a lot of things that we do at the Department of Health go through our secretary's office and need to be approved. So obviously the secretary of the Department of Health was very busy <laughs> her staff trying to um, uh, talk about and uh, organize all the responses to the COVID. So. It did actually launch. It was kind of a soft launch, more than a, a big one than, that we wanted, but it did get, get launched and we did get a um, proclamation from, <laughs> excuse me, the governor. So the website went up and the downloadable materials are available. Um, at this time, we're also uh, got a little more grant funding and are asking the um, ad agency that we are working with to uh, enhance the campaign. So for example, tomorrow I will be out uh, with social distancing and COVID uh, uh, 
safe things. I will be out um, observing the ad agency making new videos. So we found people across the state to um, share their uh, small talks, uh, tips, and experiences. And they will be appearing in some videos that we will have at the end of probably the end of September, they'll be ready to share with you, your coalitions, anyone who would like to um, use them <coughs> in their uh, prevention campaign. So we will be adding that. We will also be adding materials that will be translated into Spanish and Hmong. And we have a focus group in um, Milwaukee that is adapting materials to make sure that they're speaking to the African American culture in Wisconsin. Um, we, we, like I said before, we really want to make sure that we're speaking to as many people in our state as possible. We also um, contracted with some social media influencers. And before I started this work, I really did not know a lot about how ad agencies work. And, and social media is really big, as everyone knows. Um, but media, social media influencers are people, so the for us, they would be people who talk about parenting and have quite a lot of followers and mostly in Wisconsin. So we contacted some of them, uh, the ad agency did, and they will be working with us to share a lot of the small talks um, messages as well, as well as talking about how they talk to their uh, young people about underage drinking. So I'm really excited for that. That is going to be a really helpful thing. This is just a photo or a photo, a, a screenshot of our website. So this is what, how you would land. You would come here and this is your just regular small talks page. Then you would go over here and here is small talks. And then here, get the facts, start talking, take action and partner resources. So right away on this front page, you have a lot of things that you can look at. You've got these statistics, You've got the state kind of of underage drinking in Wisconsin. You have a place where you can ask questions and connect with local efforts. This will take you to the Wisconsin, Alliance for Wisconsin Youth website, which will show people all of the coalitions that are in um, our network at the Wisconsin for, uh, Alliance for Wisconsin Youth, sorry. And, you know, will let people be able to find a coalition in their area and connect with them. So five pages, the home page, get the facts, start talking, take action, and partner resources. There are also, <coughs> excuse me, two downloadable toolkits. One has research and facts, and the other has tips on how to actually have the small talk. So we encourage people to get involved with their communities and with their local coalitions, as I said. So I hope um, that brings uh, more people into the efforts of addressing underage drinking in the state. And here's a little uh, shot of the two different toolkit, toolkit fact sheets. These are really good because they will give people the ability to just, and you know, it's not like they're reading a thesis or something, but they're getting real important information here about the friends, the brain, risks, binge drinking, to get their background information, to start feeling confident about having this conversation with young people. And then the other one is, is giving more tips on how to actually start those conversations. 
making it less intimidating is really one of the big goals here for parents. And, you know, like I said, I'm a parent. I know how that is. It's tough. It's tough to like start that. It's tough to think that it's such a big thing that you have to um, give your children, but you also know how important it is. And this is something that will, I think will really help people just feel good about doing it. Like not, I'm not saying something wrong. Am I getting, you know, what about what I did when I was a kid and all that. <laughs> One of the biggest things, by the way, that we hear here is, you know, well, I did it and I turned out okay, which is addressed in this too. And sometimes, it's, well, I don't know about that. But we do talk about all those things here. And I think um, it'll be super helpful for parents and caregivers to um, get that background before they start this talk. Again, facts, facts, download the facts and download the tips. These are some of the images for social media, which will be very helpful for folks. You can um, get different um, images for your Facebook, Instagram, um, and Pinterest we also are using. So we have a profile picture frame, Facebook post, Instagram, display banners, and partner website buttons. So if your coalition or your group has a website, there are a lot of useful things that you can put on there. You know, then also the little logo that has the link to the website at the end of your email um, address, also helpful. These are some more of the Facebook posts. Here we have the little, um, small talks uh, picture frame. And then these are some of the Instagram um, posts. So these are real simple. They're a picture, um, an image with a, a little, little uh, title. And then at the bottom, it has things like start talking with your kids about underage drinking around eight and keep it up as they grow. Learn how at smalltalkswisconsin.org. So it's smalltalkswi.org different ones. And here you can see the variety of images that we have, different activities, different backgrounds, different diverse cultures um, in these images. So school bullying, changes at home. Kids can use alcohol to cope with stress, get them to talk about those feelings instead. So all kinds of different messages that would be um, helpful and interesting to post on um, Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. As I said before, we put together an evaluation that was released in a pretest format, and April was Alcohol Awareness Month, and it is every year, um, and we were issued a proclamation by the governor's office. All of this you can find on the website as well. These are some examples of the banners and buttons that you can use for your website um, or anywhere else. Some have images, some do not. More of the different posters that will be available or are available. We also, these are window clings, little like stickers. Um, they're probably about this big. <laughs> and then yard signs. So, window clings, yard signs, and posters besides the fact sheets. 
Um, you can distribute these to local partners, stakeholders, businesses, and other community contacts. And I want to go back to this for a minute. Um, right now, we have a new uh, ordering site on our website, so co for coalitions to order materials. And they will include uh, all of these uh, hard copy materials, the window planks, the yard signs, the posters, and the fact sheets. But they will also include some of the newer things. You will be receiving with that order a flash drive that has the campaign background, which I just showed you, um, and the talking points. It'll show have some sample articles and press release templates. It will have the logos. It will have a partner marketing plan um, and online display as all those other things that you just saw. It will also have the billboards that have been developed with this new funding and radio ads and live red scripts. So if you need to do something on the radio, we have that available to you. We have billboards if that's something your coalition wants to use. Um, the billboard, we have bought some media in the States, so we already have radio ads running and we also have some billboards that are up. I know the ones in Kenosha and Milwaukee, I think, are already up, the billboards. So hopefully you'll see them if you're in that area. But otherwise, you can um, get these off of the flash drive, and they will have room for you to add your own coalition logo, as do many of the other materials. If you're just going to our website, then I would say the easiest thing to download and print yourself just on your home printer is the fact sheet. And the other ones are definitely available. And if you want to use your um, prevention funding to print those, that's another good thing to do. So these materials and the whole Small Talks campaign, I think, is really timely in another way. Because right now, it's very difficult for prevention providers to do a lot of the things that they're used to doing. We are not able to hold in-person classroom education. We're not able to have large conferences. We're not able to have, um, you know, presentations to young people. So a lot of um, a lot of folks in the state are starting to use the small talks campaign as a way to get their prevention messages out to their um, communities. And I'm the person that does the reporting uh, system for prevention for all of the Black Grant Substance Use Black Grant. Um, people who are funded by that. So that means all the counties and tribes um, in the state and some agencies. So it is perfectly acceptable under the information dissemination uh, strategy. Um, and I think a lot of people are starting to, to use this um, to be able to spend their prevention dollars uh, in 2020. All right, so I said I would go in a little bit more deeply, not too deep. But I do have links at the end of this if anyone wants to look at some more of the, um, the information about brain science. So one of these are some of the things that are included in this campaign and things that we are talking with um, parents and caregivers about. So brain science. We know that alcohol affects young people much more powerfully than it does adults. And drinking before the brain and body are fully developed can have really dangerous effects. 
And, and these are the things that I really think will speak to parents. I know they would for me, um, and I would guess for most other parents as well. Underage drinking can change the way the brain develops and functions, and it can shut down new brain cell growth. Drinking can change and damage parts of the brain responsible for learning, memory, and self-control. Um, it can alter a child's motor skills. And high levels of alcohol in the body can shut down those parts of the brain that control breathing, heart rate, and body temperature. And heavy, heavy alcohol use can increase the risk of liver disease, heart disease, and seven different cancers later in life. Um, underage drinking has serious consequences for young people. 17% of kids who drink have been in a car with a driver who's been drinking. And that's a scary thing. There's always a risk that substance abuse, substance use may lead to addiction. And it can lead to issues at school, with friends, the law. In the US, alcohol landed 119,000 underage drinkers in emergency rooms in 2013. And it's associated with higher risk of physical and sexual assault. As young people trans transition from childhood to adolescence, they experience dramatic social and emotional changes. And adding alcohol can be devastating. It often goes hand in hand with higher rates of depression, anxiety, and suicide. Uh, each year, 300 young people die in alcohol-related suicides. And research shows that waiting is one of the most effective ways to prevent the development of substance use disorder later in life. And underage alcohol use is associated with youth who struggle with mental illness. So most underage drinking is binge drinking, which should scare a lot of people loosely defined as having four or five drinks in just two hours, it's especially dangerous for children. Around 90% of underage drinking is binge drinking. Because most underage drinking is binge drinking, young people are, are more likely to experience alcohol poisoning. And they don't drink as often as adults do, but when they do, they drink a lot more. And it, it also lowers inhibitions at a time when young people are already eager to take risks. We know that. So here are, at the end are different uh, resources where you can find a lot of these statistics and data. One of the things I also um, would like to say is that the, the YRBS, the Youth Behavioral Study, um, most of the data in these fact sheets is, is based on the um, previous YRBS. And we expect the new data to come out probably in September. We're never really sure when that happens, but when that when we do get that information, we will be editing some of the fact sheets if that those numbers have changed and the website. My contact information, I would be happy to answer questions at the end of this presentation, but also if you have something um, that you'd like to ask me personally, then please do email me. Thank you.
Right. So I am, as usual, struggling with my computer. There we go. So I'm Julia Sherman. I'm the coordinator for the Wisconsin Alcohol Policy Project at the University of Wisconsin Law School. And I was part of the team that put together small talks. So I'm very proud of what was done and especially what Allison has done to make sure that it really reflects where Wisconsin is today with all our many different cultures and races working together here. But we all know that it's not up to parents alone. A community needs to support the parents in underage to prevent underage drinking. And that's where we come in, in our community coalitions, or just even as citizens within our community. Evidence-based policies and practices basically support all the good work that parents do when they hold those small talks over and over, starting at age eight, Hold them frequently, use the facts, but the fact is we also have to do our part. We know that a great deal of underage drinking and adult binge drinking relates to four factors. They're listed here on the screen, the availability of alcohol, the attractiveness of alcohol, the acceptability of alcohol use and misuse within the community, and then the affordability of alcohol, how much it costs. Now, the really great thing about Wisconsin, and I'll be the first to say there are a few issues within our alcohol environment, but what's great about it is that unlike other states, unlike the Dakotas or Iowa, the availability, the attractiveness, and the acceptability of alcohol is largely within municipal control, municipality being a town, a city, or a village in Wisconsin. And we know what to do because of the three evidence-based reports that are listed at the bottom of the screen. The Surgeon General's report on underage drinking, his call to action. The National Academy of Science report, underage drinking, a collective responsibility. And then also in 2010, our own alcohol culture and environment report that will be updated over the next uh, 12 to 14 months. But we know what to do, but it's up to us to help out parents by doing it. So I'm going to run through very quickly the first three that are under the local control. Availability of alcohol, attractiveness of alcohol, and the acceptability of alcohol. At any one of them, you're going to be able to call me or email me and I'll help you work it through for your community. But I want you to have an overview of what you can do. Now if you're outside of Wisconsin, you may not be able to implement them in the exact same way but there are ways to do it in all 50 states and the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico too. So let's first look at the availability of alcohol because that in Wisconsin is where we have the most power. It really falls into two pretty obvious categories, commercial availability and then non-commercial availability that's also called social availability. I don't like the term social availability. It sounds like I'm meeting kids at the door with a tray of beers, but that's the term you'll hear used most of the time. It means that the alcohol was purchased legally, but it's gonna be consumed illegally. 
So let's start with commercial availability, okay? Alcohol age compliance checks are not stings. There is a well-respected, well-established protocol that was actually developed in Minnesota that's used throughout the nation. And one point of it is that all the licensees are told, in general, when alcohol age compliance checks are going to be done between the 1st and the 15th of the month, in the month of June, in the month of April. They know, in general, when those compliance checks are going to take place because, in truth, the police are really hoping they catch people obeying the law. You need to do them twice annually to get the maximum impact, and that's true especially at the beginning. It is not uncommon in Wisconsin to have an appalling failure rate the first time around. I've seen it over 50% the first time, but the second time it's better, and by the third time, compliance is usually in the 90% range. There's real benefit to holding these compliance checks every six months. In a compliance check, an underage individual, a police decoy, working as an agent of your local law enforcement, goes into a store or a bar, but usually you start off premises, goes into a store and attempts to buy alcohol using either their own ID or without an ID. If they are able to purchase the alcohol, then the clerk or bartender who actually sold or served them, that individual can get a citation, not the licensee. But we found that when you place a letter in the licensee's file, if those letters start to mount up, they're going to become an issue at their annual license re renewal. So even if we can't cite them, we can make it very clear which licensees are treating their clerks as basically disposable parts, firing some poor minimum wage kid, and refusing to train or failing to train their clerks on the proper way to check an ID and the importance of only selling to people that are age 21 or older. Alcohol age compliance checks work. And if you aren't running them in your community on a regular basis, it has a lot of benefits to doing it. So think about it. Another way you can actually reduce uh, underage drinking is to either cap or reduce the number of off-premises licensees in your community. Believe it or not, we don't have a state maximum that a community can have for off-premises locations. By off-premises, I mean a place where you buy the alcohol, but you drink it at another location, all right? Now, kids, they begin, they'll usually have their first drink with alcohol that gets pilfered in the home. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But the next place they go is a convenience store or a drug store or another location that's going to have a clerk that's about their same age. Not to mention the fact that convenience stores especially have a lot of low-level alcohol advertising and products at a very low level. You can see some advertising from Wisconsin right here. It's at Kids Eye Height. So if you give, have a state quota on your off-premises licensees, the kids don't have a place to go. Because often, if the first store turns them down, they just go down the street and they try it the second and they try it the third. So obviously, you cap or reduce the number of off-premises licensees, it's going to cut down a bit on your underage drinking, or at least the opportunity for it. 
and we can also secure our personal alcohol. If you don't have children in the home, it's easy to forget that the first place kids try is the family refrigerator. Many of us have seen the poster that says the easiest place for kids to get alcohol is in the refrigerator next to the milk. And we also know that kids have been home since March. And with parents having to do work and supervise, they may, especially by the time they get to middle school, have some unsupervised time during the day. There is a phenomenon called garage shopping, where kids go from unlocked garage to unlocked garage, but only take a couple of beers from each fridge. And in Wisconsin, you're not gonna miss a couple of beers from that orange, that orange or harvest gold or that avocado green refrigerator in the garage. But if it's locked up, they're just gonna move on. Here's a couple of pictures of refrigerator locks. They aren't expensive. Some communities have used grant money or money from a local civic club to purchase them and give them to any family that wants them. You see, middle school kids, their primary concern is not getting caught. You're not dealing with diamond thieves here. You're dealing with middle school kids. And so in fact, that lock alone is probably gonna be enough to dissuade them from doing it. Lock up your personal alcohol because even if you don't have kids in, the, in your home, there's a pretty good chance, especially if your garage is unlocked or your back porch is unlocked, the kids can get in and take a couple bottles, a couple cans, and you may not even know about it. Support the parents that are doing their job by starting the small talks by securing your personal supply of alcohol. And then if you really wanna get fancy, there are several forms of locking alcohol chests and locking refrigerators that you can purchase online. But these $20 locks that you can buy, they also work really well. Now, another way we can do this is by enforcing Wisconsin's social host law. Until a few years ago, we had a patchwork of over 50 different ordinances. But now we have a uniform statewide law that makes it illegal, but not a crime. For an adult in Wisconsin law, that's someone who's age 18 or older, to allow alcohol to be underage drinking on a property they own or control. And the law specifically holds the renter of a hotel room responsible. So any parent, felony bad parent, who rents a hotel room for a post-prom party, that adult is responsible for the underage drinking that takes place in there. All right? Now, in Wisconsin, we found, because we just have a lot of geography, that party patrols outside of a really compact urban area, they didn't make a lot of sense. But a social host law does to the extent that when the police get a noise complaint, they get wind of an underage drinking party, they can go to that location and see if there is reasonable cause for them to either knock on the door or go on the property. These are decisions that your local law enforcement agency needs to make themselves, okay? So this is just not something that one phone call puts into action. The police need to know that you're interested in seeing this law enforced, and then they need to talk about how they wanna do it. The phenomena of the red cup party, they're usually associated with campuses, but I've heard them in other areas as well. If your young host does not know everybody at that party. It's basically open to the public. Or if money's changing hands, 
then they're operating an unlicensed bar. So to recap, if a young person is at home and he's providing a location, say he's a high school senior, he could get a citation for 500 bucks plus court costs for being the social host. And if he's not 21, he's gonna get a citation for underage drinking. And if he's providing to his friends, he can get a citation for providing alcohol to youth. And then if it's a big party, he could get a citation as well for holding, having an unlicensed bar. In other words, these can all mount up literally to thousands of dollars. The police need to know that you want this law enforced because the police can only enforce laws your community supports. So if you haven't seen an enforced of the social the social host law enforced in your community, I'd talk to a police captain or maybe the chief if you know him and ask, why don't you? Chances are not because there is absolutely no underage drinking going on in your community. But until he knows, till the police know that the uh, citizens of that community want that law enforced, they might shy away from it. So there's one step you can do even before you begin to enforce that law. The second A was less attractive. We know that youth see a tremendous amount of alcohol advertising. This is Heineken ad. This is not something I made up. This was a Heineken ad with two beer bottles taped to a Nintendo Game Boy because it was game day. They may not be targeting youth, but they're reaching youth. And we know that the amount of alcohol advertising that youth see has a great deal to do with when they begin to drink and if they're already drinking, how much they drink. Reducing youth exposure to alcohol advertising within our community appears to be a very effective way of not just reducing underage drinking, but actually preventing it from starting. Delay that age of alcohol initiation that Allison was talking about a minute ago. It's very, very important. You already have a tool in your community that can help you do it. It's your sign code. Now you can't just say, we ban alcohol advertising in Juliaville, Wisconsin. That would be illegal censorship. But you can place limits on all advertising in your community and chances are you've already done it in your sign code. But sign code enforcement usually isn't the first thing on the building inspector's list of things to do. So we created a tool, that's the uh, cover of it over there, on how in Wisconsin you can go through and determine what your sign code allows and then enforce it to reduce youth exposure to alcohol advertising. Exterior signage, window signage, and that awful low height signage that people in Wisconsin know I really, really hate. Low height signage that's less than 36 inches from the ground. How many adults do you know that are 36 inches or less from the ground? Not many. Chances are kids are seeing it. This can help you find it. It's on my website, Wisconsin Alcohol Policy Project. Just download it. And if you want to talk more about how to implement a community scan of alcohol advertising, I'm more than happy to help you do it. It's a great activity. And believe me, the kids see a lot more alcohol advertising than those of us that have been looking at it for a number of years. They're great spotters. You can also ban alcohol advertising on municipal property. This isn't inconsistent. When you ban alcohol advertising within a community, you're censoring that message. 
But when you ban alcohol advertising on your municipal property, like Philadelphia has, like New York did last summer, what you're doing is you're acting as the good steward of the public resource. I'm talking about transit system, bus shelters, rec centers, um, ads that may appear on signage in parks. All of that can legally be banned. Alcohol advertising as a community, you can ban alcohol advertising in those places where youth gather. And if you haven't already, you should think about doing it preemptively just to make sure it never shows up there. So how do we go with the last A we have control over locally? Making underage drinking less acceptable. Well, one, by enforcing the social host law, right? That's pretty clear message to your community that it is unacceptable to provide a location for underage drinking. Municipal judges can be a real resource at this. I know one municipal judge who requires a court appearance for everyone that gets a social host ticket. He listens to their story and then tells them that's a lousy excuse for allowing underage drinking in their home. So, public discord has its place. The other places they're doing, some communities publish the names of all the retailers that fail their alcohol age compliance checks. We do that in Middleton. I ain't gotta tell you, people look at that list and have been known to holler at local restaurants and holler at clerks and stores that have failed their alcohol age compliance checks. And then finally, look at your class B temporary licenses. Those are the ones that go with the festivals, but not this year. This is good news to the extent that Many of them were canceled this year. It gives you a whole year to work ahead. Class B temporary licenses are what's given to people that are throwing uh, nonprofit groups, community festivals. It's a brief uh, period that you can sell alcohol, often at temporary parks and tents and places like that. But the people that are running those events are volunteers. They're not hospitality professionals. And the goal is to make money for the community in many cases, and they're just not thinking about it. Well-intended, intentioned, but uninformed. So if you put the conditions that are listed here on the screen right on the alcohol license your community gives them, that's a real incentive to sell that alcohol responsibly and keep it out of the hands of kids at these festivals. Well, the Wisconsin Alcohol Policy Project, this is our website, it's up here on the screen. And if you'd like to learn, know more about any of these, consider coming to our online Wisconsin Alcohol Policy Seminar. It's gonna be October 8th. There's more information on our website about it. And it's the only meeting in the state that is 100% dedicated to preventing alcohol misuse. And I think you will learn a lot from your colleagues. It's just gonna be $75 this year. So Ashley, I think we're ready for questions. Awesome, thank you both so very, very, very much for all the information. Um, there are some questions in the Q&A, so I don't know if you guys want to answer them together or individually. Um, and then there are a few in the chat. So I will let you guys handle that how you would like. Well, I can take the first uh, question here in the Q&A, which says, um, will the actual campaign materials have the obvious iStock watermarks on them? <laughs> no, they will not. They are just there so they're not copied. They weren't copied before. 
we were ready to release them. But the, the images on the website that you can download um, or request are without that and ready for, for your use. Okay. You want to take this one, Julia? Which one's the next one, Lee? Uh, from Dan? On the Q&A. Yep, oh, I'm sorry. You see it? Ah, yes, I do. Now I know why you kicked it over to me. Yep. In Wisconsin, parents are legally allowed to provide alcohol to their underage children. Are there other states that allow that as well? And what would it take to have law changed in Wisconsin? Well, that's a great question. Wisconsin allows parents to provide alcohol to their own kids. And guess what? More than half the states in the nation allow parents to provide alcohol to their own children. Now, where it gets very complicated is the sets of circumstances. Most states allow parents to provide alcohol to their own children in their own home. Some of them allow them to provide alcohol to their children in the home of a relative and their own home. Some say you can provide alcohol to children in any sort of uh, non-commercial setting and then in your own home. There are only three states that allow um, alcohol to be provided to their children in a commercial setting. Wisconsin and Ohio, our statutes are very similar. And there's a third one out west, I believe it's Wyoming. I could be wrong on that. But uh, children have a lower BAC. Um, a long time ago, I called out there and said, how in the dickens can you enforce that? And the answer was, it's a pretty unenforceable law. We are not unique in that um, aspect, but we are definitely in the minority on it. About eight years ago, we came very close to um, having the uh, provision that allows parents to go into a licensed uh, a bar and stay, you know, and buy their kid a drink there. We came very close to repealing that. It passed the more conservative assembly and then failed in the Senate when it couldn't get um, onto the floor for a vote. I bet it would have passed. Now, since then, we have had some court decisions that say a parent has a responsibility to supervise their child. So it's not a matter that you can just get your kid drunk at a bar and leave. In addition, some communities have adopted an ordinance called the Underage Under the Influence Ordinance that makes it illegal, but not a crime, for a, a, a young person to be in public with a measurable blood alcohol without a parent. Once again, the goal there is to make sure certain that if you're gonna buy your kid a drink, you're around to make sure that they get home safely. Are there other questions? I think there's one in the chat um, about from Dan. And could you read that to me, Ashley? Sure. Um, I'm a Sackett, which is a substance abuse counselor in training. I know several high schools that are using a pre-expulsion uh, punitive approach to have students learn the type of information in small talks. 
Do you recommend this approach or should we put our efforts into prevention? Oh, you have to do both. Sorry. <laughs> the simple truth is that not every kid got caught as we go through it. The problem is that youth are constantly aging in and aging out. And it's really only been in the past few years that people realize and the government recommendations changed so that parents would begin talking to children about um, alcohol beginning at age eight. 30 years ago, the age of first drink was about 16, which makes it very logical that you would start talking to kids about alcohol when they got their car keys. Unfortunately, the kids' age of first drink dropped and parental behavior didn't change. At one point early in this century, in 2001 and 2002, the age of first drink in the United States actually dropped below age 13. We were talking about a serious epidemic of childhood drinking. We're doing much better now because of the work of you and your colleagues and a whole lot of parents throughout the state. But the fact is there are always gonna be gaps and there are gonna be kids that fall on the cracks. And so we need to both work to prevent underage drinking, but also to make sure that we catch kids as they're going through the system that may have moved in or not been in the best home situation or their parents talk to them, but they weren't quite ready to hear. We're gonna to have to do both for the foreseeable future. Chances are good we will always have to do both. Well, thank you so much, Allison and Julia, for that awesome presentation on a campaign to stop and prevent underage drinking. If you enjoyed this webinar uh, recording and want to see the full webinar, you can check those out at our website at www.yourchoiceprevention.org backslash webinars. If you want more information and resources on substance abuse and the programs that Your Choice offers, please check out our website at www.yourchoiceprevention.org. Thanks so much for listening. Bye.